Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. It is so good to be here today. If we haven't met, hello, now we've met. Uh, I uh, think that it has been close to three years since I have been here on a Sunday morning. Isn't that terrible? But that's about how long it's been since Josh took over as the campus pastor at Mission Hill. So greetings from all of us at Mission Hill. But it is wonderful to be here. Here are some little snapshots of what's been going on in student ministry, as well as our school of ministry, Sago Topeka. So let's start with reach, and there'll be some pictures for you. But since August... We have had 25 brand new students come to REACH. First time, never have come. The majority of them are middle schoolers. They are middle schoolers. This is a picture of our middle school group. Um, Of those 25 who have come, 16 have stayed and have started coming regularly. So we're running into the 30s for our students on Wednesday nights. But our middle school group is the biggest and the most fun. Isn't that right? And uh, Curtis, Tuck, and I, we have a lot of fun in that group. We have a lot of fun. We have two interns in there with us as well. And uh, it is just such a joy. It is the biggest group and still growing. So yikes. Uh, We might be splitting the middle school into multiple groups. But another fun thing, in 2018, our students placed 13th in the nation. They raised $60,000 for Speed the Light. In 20, yes, in 2019, last year, Uh, We didn't think we were going to do it, but we actually topped that. And we raised $62,300 for Speed the Light in 2019. So to support all of our missionaries around the world, teenagers did that. Teenagers. So that is just incredibly exciting. Not only do we believe in giving to missions, but we've also taken a lot of our students on trips. I have a picture from our South Texas AIM trip. Um, I apologize because a lot of us are squinting in this photo. It was very bright. It's not the greatest picture, but you can tell we were having a good time. Uh, We took a group down to Panitas, Texas, which is basically as far south as you can go, and we worked with an incredible church down there. We took students from all over the state, um, so other Assemblies of God students as well, and we worked down there doing VBS. And, um, you know, you think if you've ever volunteered for VBS, one week is a lot of work, and it's really exhausting. This church does VBS every week of the summer a full VBS program. They feed the kids breakfast and lunch. It's incredible, the work that they're doing. And we got to go be a small part of that. It was a nice long drive, uh, 16 hours down there. We drove it in a van. It It was something else. And this year, we're going to the Atlanta Dream Center. So if you have a student who might be interested, the end of July, we'll be heading to Atlanta, and we will be flying. Amen. Uh, (laughs) Not driving. We also brought back a really fun event this year called The Amazing Race. If you've ever seen uh, the show, it is exactly like that, but we don't pay them to fly all over the world. They get to drive all over the city of Topeka. And uh, Nathan Kinsey, if you know him, he's one of our Sago Topeka interns. He put on this whole event by himself. Put it all together, all the clues, all the scavenger hunts. It was just a blast. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Here's the winning team. Yes, this is the winning team. Janae and Rachel and Hope and Faith and their fearless driver, Claire. And uh, it was just awesome. It was awesome. Our next big event we're looking forward to is Saturate, which is our state spring break mission trip. Last year, we drove all the way out to Garden City. This year, we're driving all the way to Kansas City, so not as far. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun. Here's just some other pictures, highlights from Youth Convention, our Christmas party. 
Um, this was our Sunday fun day. We like to have fun. We like to have fun with the students. And um, if you have a student who is in sixth through 12th grade and they're not connected, we would love to have them be a part. Um, there's a photo of our awesome worship team. So grateful for all of them. But between Wednesday night, midweek, that's our like service, or Friday nights we do a game night, just kind of a hangout night. We would love to have them come and be a part of what we call the Reach Fam, the Reach Fam. All right, my other update for you. If you didn't know, our church is home to a school of ministry called Sagu Topeka. It's an extension site of Southwestern Assemblies of God University in Waxahachie, Texas. This is a photo of all of our students and our staff that we have this year. We had 10 students this year. 10, which is awesome. So several of them are um, called traditional students. Their age is like 18 to 21. You have three of them here with you. So Nathan, Tiffany, raise your hand, let's do this. Tiffany is from Payola. She was up here singing this morning. If you've wondered who she was, that's Tiffany. She's one of the interns. And then Isabel is back here in the sound booth. She will also wave at you, yay, she's real short. Uh, <laughs> We joke about it. It's okay. It's okay. That's right. Um, but Isabel is from Marysville. She's brand new here this semester um, to this campus. They were with me at Mission Hill last semester. And this semester, we decided to share the wealth of their giftings with you. And so they're here with you. Um, but those are our traditional students. And then we have three adult track students who are maybe a little bit later in life doing their degree online. And then they serve somewhere on a Sunday morning at one of our locations. This is the true picture of brotherly love. So... We serve at a lot of an ev events. We were serving at a women's conference, and Nathan had to play the guitar for three hours. He's just playing background music while women are talking, and he was very hungry. So Cam fed him pizza. He fed him pizza while he was playing. It was wonderful. And then I also, I want to celebrate. You can move off that picture because now it's getting creepy. Um, <laughs> I want to celebrate Michael Snowden, who was our first student to graduate with his bachelor's degree in church leadership in December. So he was one of our adult track students. He's got his degree. Yay. But our heart is no matter how young or how old you are, if you're interested in working on a degree, and it doesn't have to be ministry related, it could be counseling, it could be law enforcement, there's a lot of different things that we're able to offer through the online side of the program. Really cheap, and you get to be a part of the church. So if you are interested, or you know someone who's interested, I'd love to talk to you about it. The other cool thing about Saigo Topeka, one of our adult track students, Aaron Cervantes, you can see him here on the end, he attends Mission Hill. He is so involved in the community, so involved with the rescue mission, and he's taken our students um, to be a part of that, to be a part of the feeding program in Ripley Park. And um, just really, yeah, there's the Ripley Park. Just really thankful for him for helping to give them that experience with doing ministry within our community here in Topeka. So there's a little bit about what's been going on in REACH and what's been going on in Sagu Topeka. Thank you so much for your support of the young people of our church. You know, we really believe as a church that every person has their part to play. Whether you're the youngest person in the room or you're the oldest, every person has their part. And we want to help equip everyone to be who God wants them to be. Whether that's through a formal education and a degree, whether it's just through practical hands-on training, whether it's just through serving in the church, we want everyone to be who God wants them to be. And so this is what we're trying to accomplish with REACH and with Saga Topeka. And um, I'm just happy to be able to be a part, to be a part. So we're going to shift gears today and jump into the message. It is not on accident that Pastor Mike gave me this topic this morning. Um, if you know me, or maybe my parents, Greg and Valerie over here, you know that we are people 
who are organized. We are organized. We like order. We show up on time. Everything has a place, and everything is in its place. We're not like too crazy about it, but everything has order. If you need me to organize something or clean, my favorite thing is to throw things away. I love it. I, <laughs> I love to throw things away. It brings me like insane joy, insane joy. If you've ever seen the show Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, have you seen that on Netflix? She comes in and like helps people order their lives and everything. Oh, it's so great. They have to throw like half their stuff away. It's awesome. But I love that. And that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about how God is a God of order. He is a God of order. He is a God of structure. He's a God of purpose. So let's jump into the word today where we can clearly see this on day three, Wednesday, as we're calling it, of the creation story. Genesis chapter one, verses nine through 13. It'll be on the screen if you'd like to follow along. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And he saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with the seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that this was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. You know, we had an interesting discussion in our preaching meeting this week about what the earth must have looked like before this divide. Was it like a ball of sludge? Was like the land under the water and God rose it to the surface? What did what God had created look like before he spoke and brought it structure? And we don't know. I like to picture it as just kind of some sludge, something like maybe a kid would make those like nasty mud pies and they're really proud of it. It was just a mess. Everything was mixed together. There was no structure. There was no separation. And God spoke and he separated what was mixed and brought structure. He gave them a name. They had a distinctive purpose. The earth was to produce vegetation and the sea was soon to be the home to all sea life. And this is what we understand about God first this morning. God is a God of order and structure and purpose. He is a God of order and structure. We see that here in creation in what we've just read and what we've been studying this whole series so far. We see it in the instructions that he gave to Noah as Noah was building the ark. If you were Noah and you knew your life and the life of your family and the animals that God was sparing were hanging in the balance, wouldn't you be glad God gave you detailed instructions for how to build this boat? He had a purpose for it, so he gave order and structure to make sure that that purpose could be accomplished. We see it also really throughout the entirety of scripture as God tells his people where to go, what to do, and what to say. There was always a purpose behind everything that he did. And I think in our personal lives, we really like the idea of order and structure when it doesn't require us to do anything, right? When it doesn't require us to do anything, we want the people who build the airplanes we fly in to have order and structure so that the purpose of us getting from one destination to another is accomplished safely. We want the doctors and surgeons in our lives to have order and structure as they are operating on our bodies. We even, we like our baristas to have order and structure as they make our drinks the way we ordered it. Light ice, three pumps of classic, no caramel. 
order, order. We want order. Order is a good thing because order is a God thing. But we often struggle to find it in our personal lives. You know, I could talk a lot to you about organizational structures and all the things I like about organizing things. I could give you a lot of different tips on how you can organize your house or declutter things, but today we're gonna focus on our spiritual lives because honestly, that's what's most important. We can have everything else circumstantially in our lives in order, but if our lives and our hearts and our souls are a mess, we can't sing the words to that last song that we sung today and mean them. We can't sing that it's well with my soul if everything within our soul is out of order and displaced. And here's the thing I want to understand. I want you to understand up front. I can't tell you how to order your life. Pastor Mike can't, Pastor Steve can't. No one can get up here and give you like a 10 point plan or tell you exactly all the things that you should do, how many minutes you should pray a day, how many verses you should read a day, how many life groups you should be a part of. We all have to figure out our own unique ways that God wants us to order our lives and then operate faithfully within that world. It'll look different from person to person, but the principles for each are the same. I am not gonna wake up at 5 a.m. to pray in the morning. I know there's many of you, raise your hand if you're an early morning person. Yep, you're not my kind of person because I'm not gonna wake up and pray that early, but I'm gonna pray later. My structure looks different, but our principles are the same within it, that we know we need to pray. We know we need to read our word. And it's okay for it to be flexible from person to person because our purpose is the same. And our purpose, as I tell the students, is really simple. I think sometimes we make our purpose as followers of Jesus so complex. But your purpose is to love God and to love others. That's it. That's it. That's the two greatest commandments, right? That we love God with everything that we have and that we love the people around us well. But what that looks like for each of us in our lives might be a little bit different. It might be a little different. And I think we often fail to live out our purpose because we make excuses for why we cannot order our lives. Here's what some common excuses sound like. This is my top excuse. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I'm too busy. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I've never said this one, but I've heard some of you say it. I'm just not an organized person. I'm just not an organized person, right? Anyone can be organized, anyone. I want to change that. I'm not ready to put in the work. I'm not, I'm not really ready because I know it's gonna be hard. I'm just not as disciplined as this person. I'm not as good in this area as this person. Why would I even try? I can't compare to them. Maybe for most of us, our biggest excuse is, I just don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. I don't know if you've ever walked into like a giant mess and you look around and you go, where do I even begin? Where do I begin? And sometimes we feel like that in our lives. Where do I begin to put things in order? And the second thing I want you to understand this morning is exactly that. God wants you to be a person of order. He wants us to be people of order. Life without order is chaos. It's chaos, and God is not a God of chaos. He does not expect perfection. There's a difference between perfection and order. God does not expect us to be perfect, like rigid. We always adhere to a specific schedule, but he wants the main things within our lives to be ordered. He expects us to find and forge rhythms of stability in our lives, in our spiritual lives, in our relationship with him. This is a big thing I think we have to understand too. 
Order should not make you feel more stressed out. Sometimes when I'm trying to get things in order, I'm like freaking out. It makes me feel so stressed. But order should bring peace. It should bring peace. It should be flexible. Order is like a pass-fail grade. There is no, it doesn't matter if you get a perfect A plus in all your order classes. It's pass-fail. Order brings purpose, but it is not the purpose. It brings purpose. It is not the purpose. And whatever we prioritize in our lives either creates disorder or it creates order. And so here's a few things. This is not an exhaustive list, but here's a few things that can help us to order our lives. And I'm sure that these are all things you're like, duh. Uh, Prayer, reading the word, being discipled through community. And I would add discipling others through community, being a part of some kind of life group, some kind of discussion, some kind of friend group where you are intentionally growing in your faith together and challenging each other. I have a couple friends who, like, I know that if I say something dumb to them or if I'm complaining too much, that they're going to challenge me to look at it in a different way. And I need those people in my life. In how we worship, you know, I'm never going to sing as good as either of my sisters who are singing on the stage this morning. But can I grow in the ways that I'm worshiping? Can I grow in the ways that I'm trying to worship the Lord? In how we love others, our friends, our family, strangers, people in our community, how well are we reaching out to the people around us? And then finally, in Sabbath, and I know we'll talk about that in a few weeks, but how are we actually resting? How are we taking that time to disconnect and unplug and really reconnect with God? without order in our spiritual lives, without having some of these things as top priorities above anything else, we spin out of control. We feel emotional. We make rash decisions. We probably feel really tired and worn down and just internally turbulent. And we probably look on the inside and the outside, kind of like the earth before God gave it structure, like sludge. We look like sludge. We have no defined purpose. Without order, we lack purpose. And order is not always, it doesn't always feel organic. It doesn't always feel natural or easy. Even someone like me who I like order and I'm organized, it can be easy for me to see what I need to do, but I'm not always good at actually doing it. I'm not always good at executing the order that I know needs to be in my life. Order, as I have found, is often scheduled. Order is planned. If you feel like, man, I keep missing my Bible reading, put it on your calendar. Man, I haven't prayed in several days. Put it on your calendar. Man, I really want to go to life group. Put it on your calendar. Say it with me. Put it on your calendar. Make the time to do it. Make it intentional. There's nothing worse. I hate when people say this to me. We should really hang out. Well, let's put it on the calendar. Let's go get coffee together. Let's go hang out. Let's set a date. We live in a world that never stops, that's constantly busy. It's never going to not feel like that. And unless you learn how to order your life, the hustle of life will control you. It'll control you, and you will constantly feel like you are missing out on doing the things that you really do want to do, the things that God really wants you to do. If you look at this list and you're like, man, I've never done any of those things, pick one. Pick one and start working at it. It is a process throughout our lives of learning how to grow in all these different areas. Use technology to your favor. Use it. I had a, there's a girl at our campus who had a baby a few months ago, and um, a couple weeks ago she was telling me how she's getting her maternity leave is over. She's a social worker. She's getting ready to go back to work, and and she's tired. She's not sleeping through the night. She's just kind of having a tough time. And I thought to myself, I want to do something nice for Lindsay. 
I want to do something nice for her. And so I put it in my phone because I know that if I don't, I will forget. I will forget. And so then the next Saturday, I had a nice little reminder that said, Lindsay. And I went and got some Starbucks and a little card and I wrote something just simple and gave it to her the next Sunday. If I wouldn't have set that reminder, I would have seen her the week later. And I do this all the time with other people. I'm not perfect. I go, oh, I really wanted to do something for you. I really meant to. I had good intentions. Put it on your calendar. Schedule it out. Bring order to the things that God says are important. There is nothing worse than getting to the end of the day or at the end of the year and going, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I wish I would have helped my neighbor. I wish I would have prayed more. I wish I would have actually finished my Bible reading plan that I did really good for a month on. I wish I would have come to church. I wish I would have gotten in a life group. Stop the cycle of chaos in your life and schedule it out. We will never be perfect at all these things. We won't. It's different seasons of life. It's always going to look different, right? You have more time in some seasons than others, but we all have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere. And there's many of you in the room today who probably, you look at that list and you're like, I got it. I'm good. You've been following Jesus for decades. You've been serving him faithfully. You have the structures of order within your life. And if that's you today, here's my challenge to you. And it's the challenge really to all of us. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. Because what takes you to where you are can keep you from where you're going if you're not careful. Our structures over time that we place in our lives have to expand and change to allow for more growth within us. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says it like this. He said, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out and cause a really big mess, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. You know, a lot of times in our life, we, we have good intentions, and we create good structures within our lives, but eventually those structures can become temporary solutions to our long-term growth. They're just temporary solutions, and if we're not careful, just like with that patch on the garment, we can end up ruining the garment because we didn't put in the work to actually fix it correctly. So it's kind of like this. Have you been wondering what this stuff up here is? This is not the new stage decorations. Uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? You know, our lives when we start out, when we start out in our walk with the Lord are kind of like this little storage bin. This is my cute little storage bin that I keep some Christmas stuff in. Target. Um, our lives when we start out as Christians are like this. We have just a little bit that God has entrusted to us. We have a little bit of faith. We're so excited to learn and to grow. And so we begin to just pour in and put things into the little bit that we have. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we end up putting a lid on that structure. And we say, okay, this is what I'm comfortable with. I read the verse of the day. I pray for five minutes. I go to church once a month. And we limit the growth that God wants to do in our lives. When instead, what should happen is eventually we get to the place where we outgrow this structure. We're like, okay, God is growing things within me. He's growing my spiritual gifts. He's growing my ability to be discipled and to disciple others. And so we upgrade to this file cabinet. And the file cabinet has color-coded tabs, and it's alphabetized, and it is so awesome. It's so great. 
And we begin to fill our little file cabinet with all of the things that God is imparting to us, with all the ways that we're learning as we're serving others, as we're worshiping, and we begin to grow. We begin to expand. Now we're not just reading the verse of the day. We're reading like big Bible plans. We're praying for 15 whole minutes. We are growing, and we're giving God the room to grow within us. Then, eventually, we get to upgrade to this this cube storage, also from Target, which is much cuter than the file cabinet. And we upgrade and we've grown in our faith and now we have these like big giant bins and there's space for God to do what he wants to do in our lives. And maybe part of that looks like we've got to get rid of some bins. We have things we need to let go of. Maybe other times we're going to add bins, but we give God that freedom to add and subtract from our lives because we understand that he's in control and we're letting him grow us whatever it looks like. Maybe in this phase of life, we're really stepping out in faith. We're beginning to lead. We're beginning to lead new things. And it's scary, but it's good. And then, then eventually we get to upgrade out of the, the target storage and we get a whole garage. This is my dream garage. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> This is not my actual garage. This is my dream garage. Isn't that great? Isn't it great? Eventually, we cannot even store what God is doing inside of us, and so we've got to turn our whole garage into storage. And everything is in its place and is ready for us to pull out and use when God asks us to. We have room to continue to develop. God never meant for you to be limited by order. Every structure in our lives has a time and a purpose. This little box at one point in our lives is all we have and it's enough and it's good. But if we get 20 years down the road and we're still trying to cram everything we're learning into this tiny box, this structure becomes our enemy, not our friend. Because it doesn't allow for us to grow and adapt and change because God calls us to grow and adapt and change until the day that we die. We never are done. We never are done. The students teach me that all the time, all the time. You know, we get afraid of, of stepping out. It's kind of like if you become comfortable running one mile and you just run one mile all the time because you know that starting to run two will probably be painful. It'll be uncertain. We're scared of how it might make us feel. It's like you have your comfortable group of friends and it's scary to hang out with anybody new or to invite anybody else in. We become comfortable with doing the doing things the same way we've always done them just because we don't want to endure the pain or like discomfort or awkwardness from having to change, from having to upgrade the storage that God has given us. And this morning, whether you've just started following God or whether you've been with him forever, he asks us all the same question. Will you do the work to expand your capacity to carry out the work I have designed specifically for you to do? Will you do the work to expand your capacity so that I can do more through you? Change is pain, order is pain, structure is not fun. I don't like structure in my personal life. I like it in all the things I can control, but when it comes to the things within myself, it's hard. It's hard to change, it's hard to grow, but we don't wanna be the kind of people, like I was preaching to the students on Wednesday, who God would say are salt without saltiness. We don't want that to be what our lives look like. And so we have to change. We have to renew our passion to grow and to have order and purpose in our life. We want to have a fresh love for cultivating new things. 
new things, a fresh love for growing as people, as leaders, as parents, as friends, as influencers within our community and in our world. But to do that, we have to have order. We have to have order. Ask God to help you. Schedule it and structure it out, but don't let those structures stifle the growth that God wants you to experience. Keep after it, even when it's not fun, and it will not be fun a lot. As James 1.4 says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. There is more for us this year. There is more. That was the word I felt like God gave me for our student ministry. There is more. There's more. Things are good. I shared with you a lot of highlights. We have so many incredible students who I love and who I see what God is doing in their lives, but there's more. And I don't want to limit what God tries to do because I've decided to lock my file cabinet and say that that's it. I want him to do more. I don't want to be stuck. I want to make room for him to do what he wants. Whatever you prioritize either creates disorder or order. And when everything is in order, we have peace and we have purpose. We're able to really live out our purpose. As Michael and the team come, I have a couple closing questions for us to reflect on this morning. The first is, what do I need to let go of to create order in my life? If you've ever heard of Bob Goff, he's a very famous speaker, he's an author. He says he quits something every Thursday. I don't know how he has that many things to quit, but he quits something every Thursday. Don't just keep adding and adding and adding things to your life. That will destroy you too. Maybe let some things go and it'll be okay. Throw it away. (laughs) It'll be okay. Number two, what discipline do I need to add? What discipline do I need to keep after in order to experience order? Stretch yourself in prayer. Stretch yourself in your Bible reading. Stretch yourself in talking to people you don't know. Or maybe you're going to step out and you're going to lead a ministry. You're going to take initiative. You have something that God has placed on your heart and he's telling you that this is the time to step out and to add that to your life. And finally, where do I need to just make room for God to do more? Where do I need to allow God to expand my vision for what he could possibly do? Our vision is so limited. We see so small, we zero in on all our problems, and maybe we look at ourselves and we think, I don't have a lot to offer. But God sees it all. He sees the purpose, whether we do or not, and he asks us to just step out and to trust him. And it all starts with seeking and surrendering to the one who spoke the earth into existence and who is still speaking today. He is still speaking today. This morning, if if you need prayer for anything at all, the prayer teams will be down here at the front. But I'd like to ask you to, to really think about some of these questions in your life. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to maybe prompt us of things that we need to do of things that maybe we need to not do. We're going to ask God to give us his vision for what he wants to do. And we're going to ask that he give us the endurance and the perseverance to challenge ourselves and to be faithful, to be faithful with what he's given us.